We're good? All right. Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing all right. I love all the conversation. It's, uh, it's such a blessing to hear everybody talking and, uh, and, uh, and fellowshipping with one another. Um, we had a great week at Fort Hill this week. Great week. Um, we had 13 baptisms. Uh, we had 87 campers, so that's over 10% of the kids were baptized. So, amen. Uh, so, God's, king, uh, God's kingdom is getting crowded. So, that's uh, such a great blessing. Um, great mission work we do there at Fort Hill. Um, <clears throat> uh, remember Carol uh, Galloway in your prayers at this time um, and Clinton. Uh, Carol's not doing well, so the family really needs her prayers at this time. Remember Kristen. Warren, your prayers as well, and Rusty Leap. I remember him in your prayers at this time. Uh, VBS is coming up here July 25th and 29th. Um, we are desperately needing teachers and uh, people to help out with that. It's great mission work for our community to get involved with VBS. Um, but it, VBS cannot happen without you. We need the volunteers. So if you can help out, there's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board. Please sign up before you leave so I can give you the material uh, Wednesday to help teach, skits, whatever you want to do. But it's a great time for us to act like a kid again and be silly with the kids and um, not be so serious about uh, being an adult. So what a great opportunity for us to have with our community and being kid-like. I'd like to read a passage that reminded me a lot of Fort Hill this week. Um, uh, this reminds me of uh, this, the spirituality of Fort Hill and how we all have one thing in common and how it's such a spiritual place. And it comes from Acts chapter 4, verse 32. You want to take your Bibles there. Acts 4, verse 32. And it reads... Now the full number of those who believe were with one heart, one soul. And no one said that any of th these things that belonged to him was his own. But they had one thing in common. What a blessing that is to have one thing in common. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful and blessed to be able to be here on this Lord's Day, to be able to be surrounded with Christians, Lord, that we're able to lift each other's spirits up, to glorify you, to sing hymns to you, Lord. And remember, we are here to praise you. Forget about ourselves. Forget about the worldly activities that are going on. But everything that we do, we do here to glorify you, Lord. Lord, continue to be with Carol at this time. Be with the doctors who are taking care of her. Lord, be with the Clinton and the family, Lord. Give them the strength that they need. Lord, we ask you this time to be with Kristen and Rusty and Randy Ash and so many others dealing with cancer at this time, Lord. Just be with them be with their chemo treatments, be with their doctors, be with their families. Give them the strength that they need to fight through that awful disease, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to, to continue to bless us, watch over us, 
Be with us through the rest of this week, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. And there's no Bible hour. I forgot to mention that uh, this morning. Thank you. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 234, Higher Ground. <clears throat> I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I gain every day. Still praying as I move down, Lord, that my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me Please be seated. Next hymn this morning, number 25, All Things Praise Thee. <clears throat> now to this hymn, Brother Jeff, Brother Jeff Floyd will have our scripture reading and prayer. All things praise Thee, Lord most high, heaven and earth and sea as Sing him song. 
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, thanking you for all the blessings you give us. Lord, we're thankful for that we can come together and to sing songs and Lord, fellowship together and hear your word. Take of the Lord's Supper. Pray, Lord, that you'll be with us. Lord, we pray for so many who are, are suffering, whether they be sick or have other issues going on. We pray that you'll continue to be with them. Lord, we want to say a special prayer for Carol Galloway and, and the family. Be with her. Continue to be with Kristen. And as she goes through treatments, that you be with her and that family, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for, for Hill Camp and all the lives it's touched, Lord, and you'll continue to be with, with that work. Lord, we also just want to pray for our elders and our deacons and, Lord, the work they do and be with Chris and David and the word they bring to us. Lord, we pray that you'll continue to be with us. Thank you for all the blessings we have. In Christ's name we pray, and amen. The scripture reading this morning will be from Mark chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. Why, what crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barnabas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Next time this morning, number 287, 287, I love the Lord. We'll sing the first two verses, and then we'll have our uh, communion service. No, no, no. 
We're gathered here today at this time to remember our Lord Jesus Christ as we take communion together. The importance of family should never be underestimated, and we all realize that, especially the older we get. And also, we have a church family that's a very essential and important part of our Christian life. In John 19:27, it reads, as we reread from words of Jesus and uh, how he felt about his family, even, even when he was on the cross. John 19:27 says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Even when he was suffering a tor- torturous death at this time, he was concerned about his earthly mother and his family, the rest of his family, and his family of believers. But also, he says, thinking some of his own from his hometown rejected him as Christ the Savior. And in Mark 6, 4, we read, And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives, and in his own household. Now as a family of believers, we remember Christ while we take the communion together. Christ instituted this at the Last Supper with his disciples in the upper room, and he asked them to do this in remembrance of him. Every first day of the week, we, we observe this. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, we read, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, this is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Let's pray as we prepare to take the the bread for communion. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful at this time that we can be together as a family of church believers, that we can encourage each other and support each other as we 
Remember Christ, who died on the cross. His body was broken for us. Bless this bread as we partake it, Lord, and as our minds go back to the things that Christ did on this terrible day. Amen. As I, I uh, prayed, I, I said I mentioned a terrible day, and I thought that Christ died for us, and he was resurrected from the grave. For, for He did this for our sins. So it, it's something that, that, um, that we're thankful for. And he also said, taking the cup in Mark 14, 24, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Let's go to prayer one more time. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We are grateful that, that he loved us enough to, to die for us and to shed his own blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And we, we thank you, Lord, that you love us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes our communion for the Lord's Supper, but also we're reminded there that we are to give each week as we're prospered and return to the Lord just a portion of the many things he has blessed us with. And let's, let's pray as we uh, go, go to God, thanking him for everything. Our Father in heaven, we... We thank you once again for the material things in life that we've been blessed with and the portion of good health that we have, our family and our church family. Lord, we're thankful. We, we're thankful, Lord, that we can return just a portion to you of the offerings that we have to give, and we do this with cheerful hearts. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, let us please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 482. 482. Oh, listen to our wonder story. And again, as was mentioned earlier, there would be no children's Bible hour today. <clears throat> oh, listen to our wonder story. Count it was among the lost. Yet one came down from heaven. 
Please be seated. Invitation to him for this morning will be 740. 740. What will you do with Jesus? <clears throat> Brother Chris. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you with us this morning. We are, uh, at least uh, several of us, are re- returning back from camp uh, this week. So if you see someone who looks tired and they don't have small children, they probably just came back from camp. So it was a great week. Um, let me plug camp for just a few seconds. Uh, if you have never been or if it's been a while since you've been, you've been thinking about going, you should come with us next year. It's always the first week in July. Uh, and so we have a fabulous time there. I talked to someone who went this week. Come with us next year. It's awesome. There's kind of no place like it. Um, and this was probably the best week of camp I've ever had. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. So let's duplicate it next year with about 40 of our closest friends. What do you think? All right. We're in Mark chapter 14 today. We are going to close out this chapter and get hopefully a little ways into Mark 15. Um, Jesus is uh, just been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is going through a kangaroo court today. Uh, this is a mockery of justice. And you'll see that as we walk through the text this morning. Uh, we're going to start in verse 53. <clears throat> You've noticed as we've gone through Mark that Mark uh, has his own agenda. He's trying to get you to see who Jesus is in the first eight chapters of his gospel. Uh, he's, he's, portray- he's presenting 
evidence after evidence after evidence to get you to understand that Jesus is God. He is the Messiah that the Jewish people have been waiting on. He is the Savior. And at that point, Mark says, well, what are you going to do with him? Because you've really only got two options. You either believe in him wholeheartedly, devotedly, following him with everything you've got, selling everything else out. That's one option. The other option is acting like he never lived. There's no in-between. And so for 21st century Christians, for us, a lot of folks in Christianity today want a middle ground. They want to believe Jesus because the evidence is incontrovertible. He is God and he demands our lives. And so a lot of people want to believe in him, but they they stop short. We stop short of devotion, don't we? Maybe we come, maybe we read our Bibles, we come to services, but we don't connect and we're not devoted and we're just kind of filling a pew. Mark says to us, you've fallen short. There's only really two options. You either completely, wholeheartedly are devoted to Jesus and his cause, willing to give up everything for it, or you're living your life as if he never lived. So in the first eight chapters of Mark, he is driving home his point. Who is Jesus? If you read through the first eight chapters of Mark, you have to say he's God. There's no other way around it. At which point you say, Mark says to you, well, second question, what are you going to do with him? And that's what we've gone through this series of Mark is, who is Jesus? and What are you going to do with him? Because if he is God, and Mark says, presents too much. To the contrary, he is God. So now what are you going to do with him? Do you act as if he never lived? Or are you completely sold out, completely devoted to him? There's no middle road. We, we have created a middle road, but it's actually just, it's just the second road, acting as if he never lived. So Mark's gospel hard-hitting. It's challenging, isn't it? It calls us to greater depths of spirituality, greater uh, depths uh, of love and devotion for Christ. There's, no, there's not really any middle ground. There's only two options. In the second half of Mark's gospel, he challenges us to, or he challenges at least the Jewish people, to reacquaint themselves with the meaning of Messiah. They thought he was going to be a war.